Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 269 and may the 4th be with you because we are <laughs> recording on May the 4th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And for those of you who don't know, may the 4th be with you is a Star Wars reference. So may the force be with you. Always. Always. (laughs) And what are you wearing? Well, what I have been wearing is my Cedar Pullover by Hohi Locatelli. I made this pullover back in October of 2019. So a few months before COVID became a global pandemic, I finished this sweater. It's how I, kind of how everything is. It's pre-COVID, <laughs> post-COVID. Yep. Everything's kind of divided into that before and now time. Because I don't know if we're really after, but we're we're in the living with it phase. Yes. So the the pre was when you could wear your sweaters out and everybody could see your hand knits. Yes, yes. And we're just now moving slowly back Slow, into yes, everybody being exactly. able to see your hand knits again. Exactly. So, yeah. So I have been wearing that one because I made it with two strands of coast yarn held together. So it's more of a lighter sweater. It's half cotton, half wool. And also the two strands gave it a really nice marled effect that I liked. The sample for the sweater that is on Ravelry that Hohe made was made with a linen yarn. So mine is a little bit different. The cotton and wool yarn doesn't have the same drape as the linen yarn in her sample. And because of that, I changed the pattern a little bit for me. The cedar pullover is a circular yoked pullover that has textured stripes and the sample has a lace edging around the bottom of the sweater, which I did not put on my version because I didn't think that my yarn would drape the right way for it. I don't know. It might have worked. I could have done something different, like maybe doing the lace portion with just one strand to make it lighter, because then maybe it would have draped, but I don't know. I didn't do it, so yeah. <laughs> that's I like the, the way difference. Your modification yeah, I'm, looks. I'm it's quite, so you. I'm quite happy with this sweater the way that it is, and it's a little bit shorter. And I wear it with a longer t-shirt, kind of hanging out the bottom, and I like that layered look too. So the cedar pullover comes in nine sizes, from 35 to 67 inches, or 89 to 168 centimeters. I like the fact that the finished measurements on this pattern page, in addition to the bust circumference, Hohe has also listed the neck opening size, the yoke depth, the upper sleeve circumference, and the length from the underarm to hem. Love that. Yeah. We talked in the last episode about inclusive sizing and how it really helps to have a schematic viewable to aid with purchasing decisions, just like sewing patterns do. And so this one is nice that it has those measurements available. I would prefer them to be in the, like in a schematic, just because I'm a graphic person, Mm -hmm. you know, a visual person, a visual learner, but having the information there in any format is 
a move ahead mm -hmm. and very, very helpful. So I do appreciate that the measurements are there. So that is Cedar Pullover by Hohi Locatelli. What are you wearing, Gail? I brought my Clio sweater to Yosemite oh. last week. I did not end up wearing it because mm -hmm. the temperatures were not as cold as the weather apps predicted. So I didn't actually need to wear it. However, I brought it thinking it would be a really nice layer to wear for hiking. And Cleo is a sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. I've knit two and Charlene has knit one. It's a beautiful DK weight pullover sweater that has a lot of cable and texture stitching in it. It's a beautiful sweater, very well detailed as most of Elizabeth's sweaters are. Yeah. They have just exquisite details in them. And this sweater comes in sizes 38 and three quarters inch bust to 63 and a half inch bust, which is 98.5 centimeters to 161.5 centimeters. And she has a cropped version and a longer version. And I specifically remember when she first came out with this sweater, we saw her at Stitches and she brings her sweaters with her so that you can try them on. And she looks, she helps, she stands there with you and looks at your body and helps you determine what size you should knit. And I had tried on both the cropped and the longer one, and we all agreed the cropped was more attractive on me. And I think the longer version was the one we voted on for you. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really beautiful sweater. It's one of those that looks like a work of art when you're done because of all the cables and everything. Yeah. It's one of those like, wow, I knit that sweaters. And like I said, unfortunately, I did not have the opportunity to wear it, but it was nice to have it there. And Mike did wear his sweater while we were there for his layer. So nice. yes, actually using knitwear in practical life yeah. is a very nice feeling. It Even is. though, like I said, I didn't get to wear it, but I had it there and I did bring my wanderers slippers and I did wear those while nice. we were there. So yeah, it's nice to have knitwear for the few opportunities of very cold weather that we have yeah. every <laughs> once in a while around here. So again, that is Cleo by Elizabeth Doherty. What have you been stocking? Okay, I've got one by Melanie Berg, and you had stocked a pattern by mm -hmm. Melanie Berg two episodes ago, I yeah. think. This one is called Peach Fuzz. And okay, I wrote it down. You were stocking one called Pink is for Power. Yep. Yeah. I remember. And so Peach Fuzz is a boat neck drop sleeve pullover that's knit in four colors of worsted oh, white four. yarn. It's got four colors, yeah. So the body of the sweater is knit in two colors, one color for the yoke and bottom band, and then the second color is used for the main body of the sweater. And then I think the body of the sweater must be the largest use of a single color. And then probably second would be that yoke and bottom band. And then the second two colors are the striped arms, which are very wide stripes. So there's four bands of one color, three bands of the fourth color. So that sounds very confusing. And it probably <laughs> sounds odd, but look at it. It's cute. It's kind of cute. What it almost looks looks like is a layered top almost oh, like you're wearing maybe a striped shirt underneath 
yep. a solid or a two-color sweater. It kind of looks like that, but it's cute. And of course, I think you could do it in three colors if you want. You could even do it in two colors if you wanted and just alternate the colors and make it work. You could make it work with whatever you had, really. And the stripes you could change up too. I noticed that on some of the projects that are already popping up on Ravelry, people, of course, have changed the striping sequence, mm -hmm. added more colors, added, used fewer colors. So it's I very cool. that too. They're already changing it up. Yeah. I wonder if part of the reason for designing it that way is because some of us have odd numbers of skeins in different colors. So Probably. it was like, okay, let's make these six skeins of various colors work in a sweater. Yeah, exactly. Because the two colors for the sleeves, I believe they're each one, each color is probably less than 400 yards for all sizes. You know, I, okay. I think between, maybe between 200 to 400 yards for the for the sleeve colors. So you could definitely use single skeins mm -hmm. there, depending on, on your yardage, of course. But let's see, the sizes available are 40 inches to 61 inches, which is 100 to 153 centimeters. And there's no schematic given for this pattern. Ooh. But it looks really cute. I wonder if you could ping her and ask her to put a schematic up on the pattern page as one of the pictures. Hmm. That's a thought. Yeah. So Peach Fuzz by Melanie Berg. And then the second pattern I have been stalking is a crochet pattern. But in my notes, I wrote, but is it really a pattern? <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> because as, well, as you'll see, the pattern is called My Cozy C2C Shawl by Suzanne Reed. And it's the letter C, the number two, and the letter C for the C2C. I'm not sure if that is a play on crochet terminology or what. I'm not really sure. I assumed it meant corner to corner, but it's not really a corner to corner design. So, But that's what she writes, that it is knit corner to corner. Oh. So it could be. Okay. That could be. So the pattern is for a triangular shawl, and there are instructions and photos for increases and for changing colors. And basically... That's it. She just tells you the technique to crochet a triangle and then you can run with it and keep going. It's a pattern that's made to use scraps or mini skeins. The sample on the pattern page, I think it's just made out of scraps, but it could easily for our mini skein knitters, it would it could easily be a mini skein project. Yeah, for sure. And the pattern or the sample on the pattern page is so pretty. It's beautiful. I just love it. It's such an easy increase because I think it's all double crochet or what is that? Treble crochet is the I, alternate terminology. Yeah, UK versus US yeah. terminology. Because it's written in both. She has both terminologies available. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And it could easily be my new long-term 
project. Oh, love that idea. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing when you texted me to that. I was like, oh, I could start one of those too. It could be so nice to have in the bag, you know, the space that was previously occupied by my Hasukai cowl. Yes. Just to pick up and knit. This one could be the same. Yeah. Because that sample on the project or on the pattern page is just so beautiful in all the many colors. Like I said, she has photos in the pattern that show you how to change colors, which I think is basically just dropping one color and starting the next it is i'm not really sure why you but she's i guess she's just trying to be thorough if you've never done Done it exactly that kind of thing before so that's great it looks very easy and i kind of want to make one you know it would be a good first crochet project too it really would Mm -hmm. it really would because you could stitch make it as small or as big as you wanted. It could be a little tiny head kerchief or it could be a big shawl. Or a blanket. Yeah. 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 So My Cozy C2C Shawl by Suzanne Reed. And then the last thing, I just wanted to give an update on the possible culottes. Ah, <laughs> yes. So I got a message from a friend about reminding me about a pattern from a book by Mel Clark from 2006 and now I don't even remember what the name of the book was. It was written by Mel Clark and Tracy Ullman. Yeah, Stitch Two Together or something like something that. Something like that. I remember. I can yeah. picture the cover but yeah. I can't picture the title. Exactly. So in that book there was a pattern called Witches, riches, and yeah, exactly. Aside from loving the name of these culottes, I'm not sure that this is exactly the pattern. I got all excited when she texted me about it and looked it up, and then I I had a look at the pattern and realized that it's knit in pieces and seamed. It has a lace edging along the bottom that looks like fancy long underwear, which is not bad. I, it's cute, but. It doesn't have the wide leg of traditional culottes. And I feel like for a garment like this, a seamed pattern isn't really taking advantage of the seamless potential of knitted fabric for comfort. Yep. So I'm not sure that is the exact pattern, but there are a few more out there. That that was one of them. I also found one by Anna Pickles on Ravelry, just called Culottes. And this one is closer to what I am looking for in terms of garment shape. It has the wide leg, and it looks like it is knit top down. I don't have access to the pattern because you have to purchase it. And I'm not sure that this is quite the pattern for me either because it is knit in bulky weight yarn oh who wants to wear bulky culottes those are kind of contradictory I was kind of thinking something that I could pull on in the summertime Mm -hmm. so I want something really light so yarn this is another problem my original thought was that lion brand cottonese which in my head is that basically indestructible yarn Mm -hmm. would probably work really well for a garment like this because you'd be doing a lot of sitting, of course, wearing it. And that yarn being virtually indestructible could (laughs) stand up to that kind of wear. The butt friction. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I'm so disappointed. I found out apparently cottonese 
was discontinued <gasps> again. Or maybe the last time when they revised it, it was only meant to be temporary. Holy smoke. That's I don't wrong. know. So that yarn is not available. So I have to figure out a yarn yeah. for this because it has to be something that will not break the bank. Yeah. Since this is an experimental garment, mm -hmm. I don't want to pay a lot yep. for the yarn. I get it. So we'll have to see. I don't want to use something that's a hundred percent cotton because my hands don't like knitting with a hundred percent cotton. And the drape on that would be yeah, a problem. I They'd think end it up around your ankles. Saggy. Exactly. And, yeah. That wouldn't work. Yeah. And it needs to be washable because of and their it, pants. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's a lot to think about in this, but I just wanted to give an update because I had found a few more patterns. Not quite what I was looking for, but well, and here's an idea. I know, like, Jessie made designs. She has a lot of shorts oh, that you could just lengthen. Exactly. And widen. Yeah. That's a thought. I'll have to look at that. Yeah. Elizabeth Zimmerman also has one of those universal patterns for leggings. Mm, okay. And I had thought I should look at that, too, because it's it's one of those patterns that it's not necessarily written out line by line for you. It's an Elizabeth Zimmerman pattern. So right. it's a suggestion. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I might oh, be yeah, able to. Longies or something, something like that. Something like yes. that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not sure if they go to adult sizes or if they're only for babies. Kids. I have it. They're in the almanac and I have yeah, the almanac. I do I'll look too. for you. So I, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm going to continue this, yeah. this, interesting thread we'll keep it going i like it yeah so that is what i am stocking what are you stocking before i start about stocking i wanted to take a minute to say thank you to everybody who's listening we always save that for the end of the podcast and it's entirely possible that people have turned us off by the time we say that so yeah. thank you to all of you who are listening right now you bring a lot of joy to both of our lives and we appreciate that so what am I stocking? Well, of all the weird things, I'm stocking a <laughs> pair of socks, Little Dots Socks by Summer Lee. And they're adorable. They're cuffed down ankle socks with polka dots. And all of the pictures on the pattern page on Ravelry have different colored polka dots. Like some people did all different colored polka dots. Some people did just one color polka dot and then did contrasting colors on the heels and the toes. Lots of different variations yeah, of polka fun. dots, which just makes me happy because they're so cute and so colorful. And how can you not like polka dot socks? And I have stocked one, at least one of her patterns before, and they're photographed really well. They and are. They just look really nice. Yep, I yeah. agree. She has a nice presentation. I actually even looked in our past show notes because I thought you might have stocked these actual thoughts. <laughs> I saw them and I thought, those are really cute. Wait a second. They look kind of familiar, but you had not stocked this particular I pair. I think I had stocked a shorty sock. That sounds right. It was right. like a little, it didn't have a leg to it. It was just like an ankle sock. Yeah, these are ankle socks. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Little Dots Socks by Summer Lee. Super cute. And the next pattern is something, I don't even know how it came across my radar. I think I might've been looking at my friend's activity mm -hmm. and saw it because I don't think it was ever in hot right now or anything. It's called Fade It 
Sideways. And it's by the designer Katrine Birkenwasser, who I don't think I've heard of before. And it's a really cool sweater. It's knit side to side in one piece. And it has dolman three-quarter sleeves that are knit using short rows. And you bind off for the neck, the collar opening, and then you join it back together on the other side and continue knitting until you have a finished sweater. And then you knit on garter stitch collar and hem and the garter cuffs are knit as part of the sweater and it's a fade and it's really really cool there aren't that many projects in Ravelry yet but of course the one of the reasons the main one caught my eye is it's a fade with pinks in it (laughs) speckled pink yarn and it's just beautiful the designer does say it's meant to be slightly cropped although the pattern pictures don't make it look cropped. I think that's just something that you would decide as you were knitting it. And it just, because of the dolman sleeves, it has that positive ease flowy Mm -hmm. look to it. Very, very pretty sweater. I'm intrigued by it a lot. And let me see the sizes are ranging from, Oh, this is at the hip measurement, 84 to 144 centimeters, which is 33 to 57 inches. And she says at the hip, it's intended to be worn with no ease. So that's, she provides circumference at the hem, sleeve cuff, and then front length from shoulder to hem. That's right, because it's dolman sleeve. Right. So it's, there's no, no traditional bust measurement right. because the body kind of goes right into the sleeve. That makes perfect yeah. sense now. Right. So then there's the hip measurement and I guess sleeve cuff circumference would be helpful too so that you didn't end up with something that was too tight so those range from 21 to 25 centimeters which is eight and a half to nine and three quarters inches but it's super super cute I think it's adorable and I actually even like the garter stitch edgings on it too which she does in a contrast well it's not contrast it's kind of contrast because it's knit side to side. So the fade goes from one sleeve oh, across yeah. your chest to the so other it's sleeve. it's a different color by right. the time you get to the other side. Exactly. Oh, cool. So it's really cool. I like it a lot. And that's Katrine Birkenwasser's Fade It Sideways. And there are only 12 projects so far. So I will wait to see how it works. And that's fingering weight yarn. I don't think I mentioned that. So love it. Very super cute. And then the last thing I'm stocking is a blanket, and it's called the Waffle Stitch Throw. It's by Vanessa Ewing, and it's a free pattern, and it's just a really nice textured blanket that looks like there's a slip stitch that creates the waffle stitch, and it's knit in super bulky, but of course, being a blanket, you could adjust that any way you want, and it's knit with super bulky yarn, but You could also use lots of scraps held together to achieve the same effect. And it just looked like a fun blanket. I saw that one. Did you? It is really pretty. It's pretty, right? Yeah, the texture is is really nice. And if you were actually knitting it in super bulky yarn, it would fly off the needles. And I think the measurements on that were something like 41 by 44 inches. So it's a throw. But as with all blankets, you could adjust that to any size you wanted. So Waffle Stitch Throw by Vanessa Ewing. What have you been knitting? Only one thing, pretty much. I finally decided to start my planned pooling shawl, and I never found a basic 
pattern for a crescent shawl that I had been looking for. So I planned to use the Huhui pattern from Hohilo Catelli. And this one is a pattern that I have knit previously. And I started this project thinking I would use the shape of this shawl and her increase numbers since it's one of my favorite shawls and favorite shapes to wear. And the pattern as written has this mesh section, which I thought I would just knit in stockinette and then do the pooling flower stitch over the stockinette, just like I did in the regular stockinette portion of the shawl. So I started this out, started knitting, and then when I got to the mesh section, I realized I was comfortable at that point with the pooling flower stitch, which I wasn't necessarily comfortable with when I was doing the swatch because I kept changing it up and trying different versions of the stitch. Your shawl but, size swatch? Yes, <laughs> yes. But by the time I got to the mesh section, I realized, you know, the the flower stitch would probably look cool on the mesh stitch too. So I tried it and it worked. It looks so pretty. It's so it's it's not what I started out to do, but it's better, I think, because it's more visually interesting. I've got now two kinds of fabric that have the little flower stitch on it, and it's very cool. So I am mm, maybe a third of the way through the second skein. Oh, you're getting so, close. Yeah. So I'm kind of since it's the only thing I have been knitting. I'm kind of zooming along on that. So that is Huhui by Hohi Locatelli. What are you knitting, Gil? I was just going to comment that I remember the shawl that I knit with assigned pooling was a slow project mm. because of all the work you do on that flower pooling stitch. So yes. it's not, they don't zoom, but they, they're so gratifying. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a little bit afraid to put it down and start something else because if I get focused on something else, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my, lose the quickness that I've picked up on doing the flowers. I totally and I would, understand that. Yes. And I would have to re, my fingers would have to relearn that stitch because right now I kind of come to the flower and it's like zoom wrap, zoom wrap. I kind of got uh -huh. the process down and I know how to do it. And I'm watching NBA playoff games and I, I can kind of zoom along and do it. And I'm afraid that I would have to relearn it if I stop. I totally understand <laughs> that. And for what I'm knitting, I'm not knitting on my foray sweater. And I'm worried about the same thing because there's a texture stitch yeah. that I was, I had finally gotten in the rhythm of. Right. And now I haven't touched that sweater in two weeks. And I keep thinking I should at least knit on it a little bit so that I refresh my memory before it all goes away. And check your pattern and make sure you know exactly where, where you stopped. Yep. Yeah. I, I know I was good about that. Okay. But yeah, I should probably pick that up because <laughs> the two things I have been knitting on almost exclusively are the blankets that I'm working on. So Josie's memory blanket, which is the mitered square blanket that I'm knitting with a contrast edge and then all different colors is going really well. I'm almost done with the seventh stripe out of 18 and it's just super fun. She and I love to pick out the colors together and it's great having a really fun time with that. And then the second blanket on my needles is my granddaughter Olivia's blanket, 
which I'm using the Bits and Bobs pattern by K.F. Jones, and I'm using the Candy Skein collection of Colors of the Month from 2021, which were a rainbow, and I'm knitting that in 12 colors and I'm marling them as I go. So it's really fun. That is my complete Zen happiness knitting right now, is just picking up this blanket and doing this fisherman's stitch while I listen, while I watch, <laughs> while I do anything, because yeah. it's just so relaxing and it's so fun to change the colors. And, and that stitch is so nice and squishy. It's so squishy. Yeah. So right now I, I'm on a marl section, so I'm holding two different colors doubled. And it's potato chip knitting because I keep wanting to get to the next section where I'm holding the same color doubled and then the next section so you can see what it's going to look like. So it's addictive because I just keep wanting to see what the next stripe is going to look like. So I'm very happy with how it's turning out. And I sent a picture to Charlene and our other knit friends text group and to Alex last night. And Livy was sitting with Alex when she opened the picture and Livy said, Oh, she's knitting a big blanket for me. Isn't that so sweet? <laughs> Without any kind of prompting from Alex at all. So she knew I showed it to her when I was there recently. So she recognized it immediately and very cute. That very, is. very cute. And I had bragged last episode about how Olivia's never slept a night without one of my blankets. Well, guess what? She stopped sleeping with the other blanket she has because oh. it's too small. Oh. So I've now decided that I probably want to finish so this one by June. Up your blanket exactly. game, Gail. <laughs> exactly, because I want to bring it to her. Alex's birthday is in June, so I'll go back for another visit. And I'd love to have this finished and bring it with me. Yeah. And I'm on my sixth color of 12, so I think that's doable. I have about a month to get it done, and I think that's completely think doable. That's doable. Yeah. So that's the Bits and Bobs blanket with the lovely candy skein colorways of 2021. And those are the things I'm knitting. Thank you to our sponsor this month, Candy Skein Yarns. Space, the final frontier. To boldly knit when no one has knit before. Visit Star Trek Enterprise with Candy Skein's current monthly colorway theme, May and June will feature a new Star Trek color to knit or crochet your way through the galaxy and beyond. The following theme will be released toward the end of June, so be sure to stay tuned. With three exclusive bases, like their 100% Merino Tasty DK and their Yummy Fingering Workhorse Sock Yarn, your projects will be the envy of your knit group. And if you're looking for additional yarn and craft items, make sure to check out their enamel pins, cross-stitch patterns, needles, beads, and art prints. For more information on their wonderful products, visit their website at www.candyskein.com. Candy Skein is offering listeners 15% off using the code CANDY4YARNIAX through the end of May. And let me spell that for you. C-A-N-D-Y, the number four, YARNIAX, all uppercase. And go check out Tammy's yarns because they're beautiful. Thanks, Tammy. So I have not finished anything. Gail, what have you finished? I finished a hat. I finished another charity hat. I used the Colby pattern by Elizabeth Doherty. Oh, two mentions in one podcast. (laughs) And 
that pattern is very, very versatile. She has lots of sizes. You can knit it in multiple gauges and she has all of the instructions in the pattern to vary it based on your gauge that you're achieving with your yarn. And I chose it because I was using a DK weight yarn by West Yorkshire Spinners that is a self-striping yarn. And I just wanted the yarn to do all the work in the pattern. I didn't want to do any fancy stitches or anything. So her numbers were perfect. I have just enough of the yarn left to do, I think, a brim on a second hat. And the colors are just beautiful, almost jewel tone rainbow colors. So it's a very happy hat. I love it. And it was a great little finished object. And one of the things I love about the Colby hat is that you do a ribbed brim if you want to. You could do a rolled brim if you want. And then the rest is just stuck in it until mm-hmm. you decrease. So I don't remember what I was doing that I wanted something that I didn't have to pay attention to, but still knit while not paying attention. And that's exactly the type of thing it is. And the pattern has several sizes mm-hmm. as well. So I have used it for several different yarn weights, just able to use the numbers from different sizes. So yeah. that was nice. I'm going to look it up right now. Yes, her sizes on this pattern, and it's written for worsted, but I believe, like I said, she gives different... It's Okay, so she says, designed for DK weight yarn, the pattern includes a handy chart that makes it easy to change yarn weights and gauges. And the sizes range from extra small to extra, extra large, which translates to... 16 inches at the band to 23 and a quarter inches or 40.5 to 59 centimeters. So a very wide range of sizes. And she also gives instructions for a beanie, medium slouch, super slouch, or a watch cap. Hmm. So lots of variation in the pattern and it was worth it. It's a great pattern. So again, that's Colby by Elizabeth Doherty. And that's all I've finished. So it is time for another edition of Knitting in the News. That's the best newscaster like noise I can do. Do you have a story for us, Gail? I do. So every once in a while, knitting and technology meet. And this isn't a hand knitting story, but I thought it was really, really cool. So TechCrunch is a online magazine that is technical content and I'm familiar with it from work and as I was looking for knitting in the news the first thing that popped up is something from TechCrunch. So here's the title of the article. MIT used autonomous knitting to create these soft robotic banana fingers. What does that mean? Exactly. It's like, (laughs) what is a banana finger and why do we care? So it's actually super interesting. MIT is a very prestigious, well-known technological institute here in America, and they have lots of scientific advances that come from MIT. And what they did is they used conductive yarn, which is basically a built-in sense of touch. So if you're using a touch screen and you use conductive yarn, it's you can you you can wear a mitten or a glove and still use your touch screen. Oh, okay. Like those, you can buy gloves that have has conductive material exactly. so that you can still use your phone. Exactly. So they use that type of yarn in a knitting machine. So again, it's not hand knitting, but they put it in a knitting machine mm-hmm. that was specialized 
to make a glove that then uses air power, which is a pneumatic action, to help people grip. So if you're someone who can't grip for whatever reason, you can't, Hmm. for example, pick up a coffee mug because you can't grip things. If you're wearing these banana finger gloves, I think it's because they use bright yellow that they call them banana fingers. (laughs) You can actually, the, the conductive yarn will tell the computer how to pump up the gloves to squeeze what you're trying to lift up so that you can grip it. Oh, I see. So this is something that is used in conjunction with technology to move a human hand. Correct. Got it. Okay. It was really, really interesting. (laughs) And they said this is digital machine knitting. So they use technology to instruct the knitting machine how to knit with this conductive yarn Hmm. to create these gloves that then people can use to do something they couldn't do before. Interesting. Very interesting. And I'm not creative enough to see what the additional uses are of this medium, but I'm sure there are lots and lots of different things that they will be able to do with conductive yarn and digital machine knitting to help people do things they can't do today. Interesting. So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tech crunch for the win. (laughs) So again, like I said, not hand knitting, not something that we all will, you know, use on Ravelry or whatever, but still really interesting knitting in the news. And what do you have? So I have a story that I found that comes to us from Australia entitled The Loud Jumper is Back. (laughs) Says a new generation of designers is putting a political spin on 80s Australiana, which turns out to be incredibly graphic jumpers. Okay. So the photos that they show with this story show these very graphic jumpers or pullover sweaters from the 80s. For example, they showed Princess Diana wearing a Uh. very koala. Well, it had a koala, a jumper. And apparently these jumpers are experiencing a reprise in popularity in the resale shops. People are buying up the original ones from the 80s, but there is an Australian brand called Wawa Australia that is creating new graphic looks. And apparently one of these jumpers, and you'll appreciate this, Gail, because I know you watch this show as well. One of these jumpers was very popular after Noel Fielding wore it on the Great British Bake Off. I totally pictured him when you yes, said graphic loud exactly, jumper. <laughs> exactly. And so what does this mean for knitters? If you want to knit that graphic sweater, now is the time. Do it. <laughs> if you still have one in your closet from years <laughs> past, now is the time to pull it out. And of course, this story was timely for the weather in Australia, I think, because as uh, we are entering our warmer seasons, they are entering a cooler season down there. So everybody is probably starting to plan their fall looks. And these fall jumpers apparently are all the rage. Cool. Yeah. So we'll have to ask our Australian friends 
on our Zoom call on Saturday if, in fact, they have seen this trend or if this is just a news article. We'll see. <laughs> do you have another story for us? I do, but first I have to comment. Mm -hmm. So I didn't wear my Clio sweater when we were hiking in Yosemite, yeah. but I was wearing my very bright rainbow tie-dyed sweatshirt. And as we were coming down from the highest point that I made it to, two people passed us and said, I love your jumper. I was like, oh. right on. <laughs> so jumper, you don't hear that in America yeah. very often, yeah. but two people used that term. And I was like, well, they're from the UK. Visiting, <laughs> us. Okay. So my second article, speaking of the UK, is from The Guardian, which is a UK publication. Mm-hmm. The title is Knit for Victory, The Lost Songs That Gave Women a Role on the Home Front. And this is actually really interesting. A UK opera singer named Melanie Gall started a search for these lost knitting songs. Well, what is a knitting song? It's the first thing I thought. Well, apparently during World Wars One and Two, it became somewhat popular to write songs about knitting. Wait, there are knitting songs? Knitting songs. <laughs> so because there were so many women at home knitting socks and other clothing for soldiers, they started writing these knitting songs that apparently had lots of rhymes and were kind of dissing the, the enemies and were mm. also trying to make women feel useful and some of these apparently were even trying to make them feel sexy. It said mm. like, because they were at home and there weren't very many men around because they were all on the front. So lots of interesting, different content in these knitting songs, but she was able to compile over a hundred of them. And what she's doing is she's going to go on tour and sing these knitting songs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she's going to distribute knitting needles and yarn at the door so that people can sit and knit while they listen to the knitting songs because that's what they were used for. Apparently they were produced as sheet music because most people didn't have gramophones is what they were at the time. So they would distribute this sheet music because people back then, a lot of people played the piano and one person would play the music, and they'd all sing together while they sat and knit together. Crazy, huh? I want to go to the show. Exactly, right? <laughs> so if you're in the UK and this is a real thing and you've gone, please tell us what it's like because it sounds amazing. And it was interesting, some of the, the little facts that they threw into the article, they were saying that they the women part of some of the song content was that they really were helping save lives because trench foot was such a huge oh. deal in the wars. So trench foot is when your feet get wet and you can't dry them off. It leads to gangrene and it leads to death. Oh. So there were a horrible number of soldiers that died because they had trench foot, like 75,000 or something because of trench foot. Wow. So the women were really doing something useful by knitting wool socks that were sent to the front. So it just was, it made me feel good that someone actually thought, let's write some songs so that people who are knitting together can, you know, sing and, and feel good about what they're doing. So Melanie Gall, UK opera singer, pretty cool. That if, sounds so amazing. Doesn't it? Yes. 
I'm, I'm just in awe of it. <laughs> Very cool. And I kind of wonder who wrote the sheet music. You know, I don't know what their actual goal was, but I'm choosing to think it's altruistic and they really wanted people to be together knitting like a quilting bee. They, yeah. they likened it unto a quilting bee. Yeah. So pretty wow. darn cool. Yeah. Very cool. Knit for victory. If you're in the UK and you know about it, let us know. Or maybe we could see if she'd come on the podcast and talk about it. That would be cool. That would be fun. Yeah. So. Okay. And then the second story I found was about visible mending and how it has been increasing in popularity and usage. Many more small businesses are offering to mend garments in a visible mending manner or technique. And there are a lot more small businesses popping up online that are offering visibly mended garments at designer prices. Uh. If you go on Etsy, you can see people offering clothes, for example, with sewn-on patches, with different fabrics, the kind of thing that when I was little, my mom did to my pants but not at a designer price, just out of necessity. <laughs> yes, and as a child, you probably weren't too thrilled with that. No, exactly. No. And so I found an artist. Her name is Celia Pym, and that is spelled P-Y-M. Her website is Celia Pym, C-E-L-I-A-P-Y-M dot com. She is a British artist whose shows feature mended clothing and textiles. Oh, cool. It's very cool. And if you go, I, I mentioned the website so that you can go look at these photos because the photos are amazing. She has a series where she has mended knitwear in exchange for interviewing each knitwear owner and hearing the stories of the garments and what happened to each one. So you can look at this series of art pieces, basically, that she has created, although I do think she gives the garment, she gave the garments back to the folks so that they could continue to wear them. But she photographed them, and now the photos are part of her art installations, and attached to each photograph is the story of the garment. Oh, that's cool. It's very, very interesting. And she does these amazing repairs. And on, for example, she has one series that it's all commercial sweaters that have been mended. I think I did not write down, but I think she did one series that it was all the same brand And it was somehow, I think, in conjunction with the brand where people kind of basically applied to have their garments mended. And so she does this amazing, there were socks and a sweater specifically that I saw that she had used a brightly contrasting yarn. I think it was a hot pink yarn on like a yellow sock and the repair is it looks woven like she must use an incredibly fine needle to get it in and out of the original threads of this commercially knit garment 
And it looks just like this woven masterpiece at the end. Wow. It's really, really cool. Very, very cool. So that is Celia Pym, textile artist from Great Britain. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, two UK little snippets yeah, there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. And in this thread on Ravelry, if you're on Ravelry, if you have some cool knitting in the news stories to share, please do because they're fun. They are fun. Yeah. Always something different there. Yep. Knitting never gets boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. And next episode, we're going to have the colors of fall chat, aren't we? Wow. For planning. It's yep. already almost here. I was blown away when Charlene pointed out that we needed to do that already because it feels <laughs> like March to me still. Yeah. So yeah. stay tuned. Colors of fall. We're so excited about the colors too. Yes. <laughs> Very excited. So thank you for listening and happy knitting, happy everyone. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.